from magical movies. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw, that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. Do you want to build a snowman? Or ride a bike around the I don't care how you kill the little beast, but do it! And do it now! You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. Look, have I got it? The magic feather. Now you can fly. Ohana means family. Just a sec. Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? <laughs> That's very funny. I'm taking you to someplace pretty special. You won't find him here. <laughs> the king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glosson and Teresa Delgado. Hello and welcome to the most magical podcast in the Goliverse, nay, the internet? Quite possibly. This is Disney Vault Talk. My name is Steve Glosson, and I am happy and excited to be along with you as we discuss the films of Disney. And uh, we're up to number 50 on the old animated film list here today. We're talking Tangled. And we're excited to do so. And of course, it's not just me doing it. That'd be ridiculous. Why would I sit here by myself when we have the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk? Ladies and gentlemen, the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. I've been waiting the entire time that we started the show to get to this one. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. All right. Because it's one of my, like, favorites of the new whatever we call it this era the new renaissance the new renaissance uh, the new renaissance all right but we're not here alone no we're not no we're not we, we can't are possibly talk tangled by ourselves no uh, well i mean look we probably should never talk any movies by ourselves we need someone to keep us on track and uh we have a fantastic guest with us uh, from Skywalking through Neverland, from fangirls going rogue, you may know her as at Jedi Tink. Ladies and gentlemen, our good friend, Sarah Woloski. Hello, Sarah. Yay! Hello, hello! Guess what? What? Best day ever! <laughs> because we're you talking would. Tangled! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I don't even need to bring energy to the table because Sarah has brought it all for us. Sarah, how are you? Welcome to the show. Well, uh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on again. I think the last one was the Sword in the Stone Mm -hmm. that I was on. That's right, yeah. I know. Yes, it's true. I know, and I've, like you guys, I've been waiting. I I think I was talking with Teresa, oh yeah, like three years ago. Like, Teresa, I have to be on your Tangled show. Teresa... I have to be on your Tangled show. Teresa, remember, I'm going to be on your Tangled show. 
So I'm here. <laughs> well, so it was not, the year was 1963, and we were talking Sword in the Stone. And finally, here we are, 2017, talking some Tangled. We're going to get it all done. We're going to make it happen. But before we get into all that, of course, we have to hear what you guys have to say. So we're going to jump into some emails. When you mail a letter, you can send it anywhere. On foot, by truck, by aeroplane, the postman gets it there. So write a letter to a friend, maybe she'll write you. No matter what, you always know the mail must go through. We need those letters. From General Lee, dear son, we're waiting for the Huns at the pass. It would mean a lot if you'd come and back us up. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer. All right, so our first email comes from Jacob. Teresa, I'll take this one if that's okay. Uh, he says, hello, Steve and Teresa, and in this case, hello, Sarah. Jacob Roth from Laramie, Wyoming here. I've just found your podcast recently-ish, probably in the last six-ish months. Uh, well, this was written, mm, oh, I don't know, about six-ish months ago. So we've, been, we've had you about a year now, buddy. And I have absolutely fell in love. Well, Jacob, let me cause you to fall out of love right now. You should have said, have absolutely fallen in love. I've almost caught up, he says. I'm currently listening to the Emperor's New Groove episode. So first off, I would like to say hello to future Jacob. He gave himself a shout out. <laughs> well played, sir. Oh, I should apologize for a possibly long email. I've got 47 episodes to catch up on. On which to catch up. So back to the email. <laughs> He says, I won't give you guys a full top 10 list for the sake of time, but I will tell you my number one. Okay, so I'm about to cheat because I can't decide. It's a tie between Hercules, Robin Hood, and of course, the great Make Mine Music. Oh, kidding, of course. Lion King. I would watch these three movies continuously as a child, along with Star Wars, of course. The Phantom Menace came out when I was four. A few episodes back, you guys talked about how they used to make classic books into comics. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Major League with Charlie Sheen and the Allstate guy, otherwise known as the president from 24. Well, when they're on the bus riding from game to game, they're all reading said comics. It's a very funny scene. Anyways, thank you guys for putting on a wonderful show, and I'm very much looking forward to the rest. May the Force and the Mouse be with you always. And that's from Jacob Roth. He says, P.S. I think you guys should bring back yelling at it because I laugh out loud every single time. Well, if I have any reason to edit, Jacob, you can guarantee... We'll bring it back. We hope you're still with us even six months after you wrote this email. Hello, future Jacob. Aw. Yeah, he, um, I used to yell at it all the time, just like in life. And then it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you want life to edit for you, huh? Yeah. Just like, edit, edit! Oh, man. <laughs> well, isn't that the way of things? Like when you draw something on a regular sheet of paper and you're like, oh, I didn't draw that right. And you wish you could just hit the backspace button or yes. the, the delete, but you can't. <laughs> I just, I don't spend a lot of time drawing because I know better. Mm. <laughs> I do that uh, naturally, like if I'm typing something, because, you know, on Google Drive or on Word or whatever, you can hit the undo. And I'm like, mm -hmm. where is the undo button? Yes. <laughs> when I accidentally, like. My computer at school, for some reason, likes to, I don't know why, it moves my cursor. So I start typing in the middle of a paragraph I already finished. It's very <sighs> weird. It's so annoying. 
And that's when I'm like, undo or edit. Yeah, there there definitely needs to be life undos and edits. That would make or show. That would be incredible. And all you have to do is just go edit and boom. Everything it's almost like the Doctor Strange deal, you know, where he's backing up time and such as. Oh yes. Yeah, that'd be I could deal with that. Um <laughs> Teresa, you want to take the one from Jennifer here? Sure. She says, hey, Steve and Teresa, and sir. Welcome back, Teresa. I'm so sorry to hear about your grandpa. So glad to hear you and Steve with, back with Vault Talk, one of my favorite podcasts. I was the one you read on the Brother Bear episode that didn't like Star Wars. Oh, let's I loved just you guys. stop. Let's just stop reading this email then. There's no sense in continuing on. <laughs> stop it. Oh, sorry. She says, I loved you guys reading my email and your reaction to me not liking Star Wars. I'm not big on superheroes either. My Lanta, Jennifer. <gasps> Come on. Jennifer, we were getting along so well. <laughs> Come on, Captain America? Thor? You don't like superheroes? They're so hot. You don't like hot guys? Yeah, come on. I know. Thor with his shirt off is one of the greatest things movies have ever given us. <laughs> and that's Steve saying that. You better believe it. <laughs> she says, but... I did catch the last half of Guardians of the Galaxy and really enjoyed it, so I plan to see the rest of the movie and the sequel. Hmm. I love Bolt, one of my favorite movies. Did you know Chris Sanders, who did Lilo and Stitch, made Bolt originally? He was the one who made it with the rabbit, hamster, and dog. It was set in a desert. When John Lasseter came, he made changes to the story. Part part of it was because of the desert. With cars coming out, he didn't want another desert movie. Chris didn't like the changes and left the company, and now we have How to Train Your Dragon and The Croods. Oh, I like How to Train Your Dragon, by the way. I love the How to Train Your Dragon movies. Mm-hmm. The first Me and too. second one are the ones I've seen, and, and they both are like... that. I, was it Okay, real quick, we got to have a spoilery discussion. Which one does his dad die in? Second one. Okay, I'm like, what in, what in the world is happening here? Why are they it turning turned into a Disney movie, Steve? Uh, exactly. I'm like, why are they turning my life upside down? But I do like those How to Train Your Dragon movies. They're they're really good. Toothless is one of my favorite characters animated ever. He's awesome. He is. He's fantastic. Not sure if in your research you found this information. Thought you would like that tidbit. I love tidbits. Mm-hmm. So sorry for the long email. Hope Steve is doing well. Moving is a pain. I'm looking forward to more new shows. Jennifer. Um, I, I want to, I don't know, guys. Let me just have a quick sidebar discussion with you two. What do you consider a long email? Not that. Yeah. I, we used to, when I was doing the Smallville podcast back in the day, and, and when we were doing our, our Sarah Connor Chronicles podcast back in the day when that show was on, we would get emails that would literally, if you copied them over like into a Word document or something, would take up three or four pages. And I'm not exaggerating. That's, That's a long yeah. email. That's a long email. So, Jennifer... I think some people look at like five paragraphs and are like, oh my gosh, that seems long. But yeah, you're right. The long emails are the ones that are three pages. Right. So, come on, guys. I think you need to look at your emails on a computer. Because when you look at an email on the Mm -hmm. phone, it looks real long. Mm -hmm. Because of the screen and it moves stuff and it makes it longer. But if you look at it on a computer, it's actually super short. Yeah, that's true. That's a great point. And and Doxon in the chat says, it's the Twitter generation. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we don't quote him ever. We yeah. Oh, yeah, that's we, sorry. We That's just him. Doc. Yeah, we ignore him. <laughs> uh, finally, Margie says, 
Dear Teresa and Steve, and in this case, Sarah, happy belated 50th anniversary. Yours is the first podcast I ever started listening to and still my favorite. Oh, thank you so much. That's, oh, that's, let's just end the email there. Uh, I love listening to your discussions on all things Disney. You always bring a smile to my face, and it's nice to know I'm not the only one who starts singing every time someone happens to say something that's also a song lyric. Do you do that, Sarah? Uh, do I say something that's a song lyric? Like, do you, if someone says something that is a song lyric, do you immediately oh. start to sing said song? Absolutely. Okay. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I, it's how I live my life. Yes. I, I didn't well, know. high five over the airwaves. Yeah, and I think that's how, Teresa, that's how you live your life. Totally. And it's my life. It's my life! <laughs> I'm sorry, Bob. We're halfway there. <laughs> oh, wait, different song. <laughs> it's now or never, right? <laughs> wow. We completely, so there's a few uh, Bon Jovi songs. That's a Bon Jovi mashup there. Yes, uh, it was. You're welcome. <laughs> Wait, what? Co- hey, you you had it right, Teresa. It's now You're or welcome. never. Uh, Sarah dipped into some living on a prayer. Uh, okay, but if it's like it's my life, it's now or never, right? right? And I ain't gonna live forever. Yeah. <laughs> the okay. halfway there comes after. Whoa. Anyhow, that's right. Uh, Margie says, I'm excited for the new DuckTales and thought the video of the cast singing the theme song was great. I have many memories of rushing home from school to watch Disney afternoon cartoons when I was a kid. I'm even more excited that David Tennant is Scrooge McDuck since he's my favorite doctor from Doctor Who. I love when they cross the streams. Speaking of Disney cartoons, I enjoyed your top 10 episode. My top 10 are, starting at number 10, Lizzie McGuire, Gummy Bears, Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, Goof Troop, your top five are Tailspin, Recess, number three, Star Wars Rebels, number two, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, and number one on the countdown this week, DuckTales. Steve, I was surprised Tailspin wasn't on your list since I know Baloo is one of your favorite characters. There is a reason for that, and that reason is this, that I never got to watch Tailspin back in the day. It wasn't on any of the affiliates that we had in my area, and I always wanted it to be because I do love Baloo, but I've never actually sat and watched an episode of Tailspin. So, there you go. Hmm. I just heard that Muppet Babies is being remade on Disney Junior in 2018. How do you think that'll turn out? Will we finally yes. see Will we finally <gasps> see Nanny's face? I don't think we will. And I don't think so, but Muppet Babies We make our dreams come true um, I can't wait if if they do another like Star Wars Muppet Babies crossover, I am so there. Let me tell you something. There was a time in life when Star Wars wasn't what it is now, where it wasn't always around. And when that Muppet Babies cartoon came on every week, you saw a TIE fighter in that closet. And I was absolutely glued. Of course, I love the Muppets and I love Star Wars. And of course, they end up doing a Star Wars episode. Um, but I, listen, I love all things Muppets. Um... I know they've been doing some cool things on Disney Junior. Teresa, what's that show you're digging on Disney Junior? Mickey and the Roadster. Mickey and the Roadster Racers. Yeah, so, I mean, I may be a 40, at this point uh, in 2018, a 41-year-old man watching Disney Junior. <laughs> or I may just hear if it's good or not. Um, so, and then Margie says, Teresa, I just want to tell you how sorry I am for your loss. It seems like your grandfather was a really amazing guy and was loved by many. 
My dad passed away two years ago from cancer at age 60. It was a really difficult time, but I found watching lighthearted movies like Disney movies made me feel a little better. You've been in my thoughts and prayers. Thanks for the always entertaining podcast. I look forward to your next episode. Your faithful listener, Margie. And she attached a couple of pictures to share. And um, it's from her remodeled basement. And what she did on the stairs is she put Disney quotes on uh, the stairs. And she has a door painted like the TARDIS from Doctor Who. It's a really cool-looking door, by the way. Really cool paint job. Well done, Margie. And on the stairs, as you go up the stairs, here's some things you'll see climbing said stairs. Hakuna Matata down at the bottom with a in a Lion King typish font with the little Simba on the cave. We scare because we care. Uh, the bare necessities of life will come to you, and it's got Mowgli and Baloo dancing around there. Adventure is out there with the house from up. Ohana means family, and family means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. Oh, man. Be Our Guest is on the next stair up. And let me see. Uh, dream, a dream is a wish your heart makes. And you've got a friend in me. Those are the ones I can make out on this picture. So, uh, well done, Margie. That's, Margie's all artsy and stuff, gang. Cool. I love it. Yes. If I had a basement... That's what I would If do. I had a basement. Just, you know what, Teresa? Just go outside of your apartment and just do it on... The, I might do that to spruce up the stairs in my apartment. On the outside <laughs> of my apartment. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring a little life to the neighborhood. Trying to up the uh, up the quality of living around this uh, these parts. That, that might be the thing to do. Can you paint on carpet? I don't know. <laughs> Let's do some Disney Watch. Hey, watch it! Watch it! Watch it! Watch yourself. Bob, who goes there? Watch it now. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. All right, guys, what do we got? All right, well, Beauty and the Beast and all of its amazing gay propaganda um, did $180 million. Over the weekend, right? Over its opening weekend. Why are you trying to get us in trouble again? Come on. (laughs) I'm just rocking the boat, Steve. Why are you trying to start stuff? Because we just dropped an episode that's going to start stuff, so we might as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, that we did. Man, I can't wait for you guys to hear Princess and the Frog. Uh, Yeah, so it made $180 million over its opening weekend, which is just insane. The movie now ranks seventh in all-time highest box office openings, beating out every Batman, Twilight, and Harry Potter series. Always glad to see Twilight go down. Oh, <laughs> I'm not Twilight. not a fan of the Twilight around these parts, Sarah. <laughs> my 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 saying on Geek Out Loud has always been: it's a safe place to geek out, except about Star Trek and Twilight. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. yeah, but see, Twilight's a guilty pleasure for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the story, but if it's on, I'm gonna I'm watching it. Well, now, you're Team Edward, right? Oh, honey. Are we I'm doing- Team Warm. That's Team oh, Jacob. Oh, thank you. Team Jacob. Okay, well, then we're on the same team. I'm on Team Stay Warm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I am hotter than you. <laughs> <laughs> And we're breaking Steve's rule right now. He's like, what? $180 million over the opening weekend. How's it being received by fans and critics alike? What I've seen has been very, very positive. Mm-hmm. And I did talk to Steve a little bit about the movie. And I know, Sarah, you got to see it early. But, you know, 
there are moments in it where if you want to interpret it that way, you can see, you know, LeFou as a gay character in these very, you know, gay moments. But, like, it's not in your face, like, here, you know, have this. Uh, it's just, it's very, it's good. I mean, I really like it. Uh, there's a really funny video out there, and Sarah, you know the one I'm talking about, where... By person, at Randy Rainbow? Randy Rainbow, yeah. Steve, you're going to think this is funny. He's, he takes the mob song and he changes it into a song talking about um, the gayness in this movie. Oh, no. And he says, he says something along the lines of he should um it, like mickey should be should spell his name m i c k m i c k e y l g b t q oh no <laughs> wow. and how pg stands for pretty gay wow yeah <laughs> it's great it's like so well it's done pretty, too it's very funny but you know it's like we talked about on the show where we mentioned it the first time if you want to see it it's there if you're paying attention to it it's not like blatant in your face. It's not shoving it in your face. And also what you were worried about, Steve, about Belle's um, intelligence and all of that stuff being Mm -hmm. shoved at you and not just being a part of the story. It's very much just a natural part of the story. Good, good. I love Beauty and the Beast. It's no secret on this show that I absolutely love, love, love Beauty and the Beast. Um, and, um, And so, you know, this was a... This was something I was looking forward to, and I hate controversy rising up around things that I just enjoy. I'm like, why can't we just all have fun? Uh, that's always been my thing. But I, I guess what I'm saying is, are people liking it? Are people digging it? Is this the... Uh, oh, yeah. Have you not seen it yet, Steve? I have not seen it yet, no. no. Okay, well, let me tell you, uh, because I love it like you. Like, mm-hmm. this was my... Of those, like, four major movies, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, I would say that this one ranks the highest for me and it has that big, big nostalgia factor. So Mm -hmm. the first time I've seen it twice now and the first time I saw it, it, it's kind of, it's hard to get over that nostalgic hump Mm -hmm. if you will, but I would give it a second view, especially if you're that into it because I actually enjoyed it much more the second time because I knew what to expect. I could really, focus on the story and the characters rather than the difference in what I was seeing between mm-hmm. the original. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I, I would watch it twice, honestly. And, and I like, I found a tear falling down my face the second time, like, <laughs> Oh, when everything starts happening at the end. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I would definitely do that if you're like me and very nostalgic yeah. about this film. Well, I'm hoping to, before it's out of theaters, get to go see it with my niece because it was my niece when mm. she was a little bitty thing. And I was in, high school she'd bring the videotape in and she'd make me watch it with her until the beast was nice she was scared of the beast until he turned nice so um so she would sit there right up next to me and then she'd be like okay you can go now but we'd sit there and watch the rest of it anyway and uh, and so now she has a little daughter who's just my heart and soul and um and so she i think our desire is to try to go see it together at some point so hopefully we can make that happen and i will listen i'm going to tell you this though I'm still a Celine and Peebo guy. I don't need I don't need these up these up and comers yeah. trying to do tell as old as time for me. <laughs> I agree with you there, but I do think that the new song Evermore, mm-hmm. which is a song the Beast sings, oh. uh, that, that is covered by Josh Groban and he is fantastic. 
Well, I mean, come on, he's Josh so, Groban. I recommend that. Of course he's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, there yes. are, how many, there's two songs added, I believe, Sarah? There's the one that Belle sings and the uh, one there's four. Sings. There's four new songs. Oh, there's four. So there's right. four new songs. And on adventure.com. Uh, hold on. Uh, so there's... Let me do it, actually. Because I can tell you better if I get there. Wake up, computer. <laughs> I really like the one that, that Belle sings. Uh, yeah. How something about a moment. Give me a second. Uh, review. Oh, from this Let moment. Me Google that for yeah. Yeah, they add they added four songs to the regular. Yeah. So it is called "How Does a Moment Last Forever," and Maurice first sings this, and then Belle does. And mm-hmm. what it really does is fleshes out the backstory of wait, where's Belle's mom? Uh. So okay. that's kind of nice. Great. And then Days in the Sun is kind of in the place of human again. Mm-hmm. You guys know mm-hmm. that one? Yeah. Yeah. So they took out human again and replaced it with Days in the Sun and the inanimate objects sing this. But also uh, uh, the Beast as a young boy sings this. So oh, wow. interesting. Yeah. And then Evermore was my favorite new one. And that's the Beast sings this as he has learned that he loves Belle, but then he lets her go. Hmm. Uh, and then there's do. Aria, which is at the very beginning. And that's uh, that's kind of like, it's sung by Audra McDonald, who, who becomes the wardrobe. And that's at the opening of the film. And it just kind of describes the beast and his subjects and castle before the enchantment. It's very, very short. Okay. Well, yeah. like I say... Celine and Peebo for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of live actions, Mm -hmm. and this is becoming a thing now. Uh, As we know, as we've been recording the show, more and more of them have been coming out. Right now, there are a rumored slash slated about 17 of these. Mm -hmm. And so some of the ones that I am kind of the most excited for... Lion King, we have already heard that James Earl Jones will be reprising his role as Mufasa, and Donald Glover, who is Lando Calrissian in the new Han Solo spinoff film, is going to be adult Simba. And it's going to be done by Jon Favreau, who did the Jungle Book live action. So that's pretty cool. There is a rumored um, one about Prince Charming, either Cinderella or Snow White, or not sure which. There is casting news that Reese Witherspoon has signed on to play Tinkerbell in a Tinkerbell live action. Oh, wow. You got to be excited about that, Sarah. I am. I'm just, it's interesting. I mean, I love Reese Witherspoon. Uh, It's going to be interesting. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about it. It's kind of like the Mary Poppins, too, you know? Like, Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, There is going to be a film about a live action Aladdin. Slated for March of 27, uh, not March of 2017 anymore. It's been moved back, but they're changing <laughs> That's up the like story. Now. Yeah, they're changing up the story a little bit. Uh, a Peter Pan, which might be blended with that uh, Tinkerbell one. Winnie the Pooh, we've heard about that one for a while. Mulan, we do know that's coming out in 2018. They are currently working on that. There is a Little Mermaid being done as well. We knew that Lin-Manuel Miranda was working on music for that. 
Emma Stone has been cast to be Cruella DeVille in the 2018 uh. release of Cruella DeVille live action. Wow. There is a rumored genie movie where it's just the genie by itself, but it's kind of been pushed out because they've decided to go full Aladdin, so we'll see if they go back to it. Sword in the Stone is one of the other live actions. Let's see, Dumbo, we knew that one was coming. Tim Burton is currently working on that. A new adaptation of Pinocchio as a live action is also being reported. Oh, wow, because that's what we need. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, there's been a sequel to Maleficent rumored for a while, but I haven't heard anything about that hmm. in a while. Um, possibly a live action Snow White, possibly a live action about Snow White's sister that nobody knew she had. <laughs> so that's where what we're looking at as far as live actions that are coming. Now, one of the things I've seen about the Mulan situation is, is they've gone back and forth as to whether or not it will actually be a musical. Yes, they, there was rumored that there were going to be no songs, and then everybody flipped out, because how can you do that without songs? Which, I'm, you know what, though? I'm okay with them doing it without songs. I'm okay yeah. with them doing that legend and, and trying to attack it. I mean, even if they wanted to try to attack it and make it more of like, you know, almost a historical fiction piece, um, you know, and, and, not, and not, not end up doing the lighthearted musical thing with it, but almost make it... Uh, this war movie and have just a really be a uh, heroine in the yeah. person in the person of Mulan, you know, um, and so that's kind of when I saw the when I initially saw the reports that there'd be no music, I was like, that's cool. Then they're really because the one thing I will say is that with a lot of these live actions, though, there's been some differences and stuff with these things that are remakes of things that have already been done. Um, <clears throat> there's almost. they're they're playing it so safe by keeping so tightly to what's come before that I feel like Mulan is one of those movies that they have the opportunity to to really do some fun experimentation with and make something really neat and special, you know? And and then I, of course, saw the article that said, no, there will be music in Mulan. So, who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. But I can tell you right now, when we get Tim Burton's Dumbo, that's not going to be anything like what we've seen. Yeah. Sorry. That is going to be interesting. Is that the, is that the word we're going to use? Is that the word we're going to use for it? Well, I love Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. I love dark and creepy. So, yeah, I, I mean, Dumbo has plenty of room to be dark and creepy. I'm just I saying. I'm not a fan. Hmm. Well, know. there's if he just directed that part with the elephants on parade... Yeah. That kind of makes sense. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That is trippy right there. I don't know what those animators were smoking. Um, I, hmm. I got a few ideas. I do. <laughs> so I am actually going to throw the reins over to Sarah for this last story. Oh, all right. Uh, because she's the one who found it. And it is all about the Tangled TV show and the credits. <gasps> Yay! Okay. Well, as we know, or I, have you guys? I don't know if you guys have been following this on Disney Vault Talk, but Tangled the series is actually debuting tomorrow, March twenty fourth, mm-hmm. and I am so excited. And it's debuting on the Disney Channel, but it was preceded on our birthdays, Teresa, March tenth. It was preceded by the Disney Channel movie Tangled Before Ever After 
which yeah. we saw. So very exciting. It was on my birthday. I love Tangled. I was so excited. So first of all, we're going to look at Tangled the series. Now, this article I'm reading from is actually the article I wrote from adventuresbydaddy.com. And the premise of Tangled the series is that it's set between the Tangled, the film that we're going to be talking about today, and also the short film Tangled Ever After, in which Rapunzel and Eugene get married. So between that time, this series happens, and Rapunzel's just getting acquainted with her parents, her kingdom, and the people of Corona, but she needs to learn about the world and herself before she can assume that role of princess. So we see Pascal and Maximus and the snuggly duckling pub thugs are pub thugs are back <laughs> as well as of course Eugene which is Flynn and what I'm excited about is the fact that they got the actors that portray these original characters. So Mandy Moore is playing Rapunzel, Zachary Levi is coming back for Flynn slash Eugene. And then they have a newcomer, Cassandra, who is voiced by Broadway's Eden Espinoza. And she plays Rapunzel's tough-as-nails lady-in-waiting and a good friend and confidant as well. So, And Alan Menken is back writing the songs. So it's a super exciting series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's getting ready to start all up and stuff. And we did talk about it a little bit on our last show because I and Sarah have already told you this. I watched it, and I watched the before, ever, after, and I was like, uh, I don't know if I like this. And I'm still kind of in that same zone. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the series later. Um, okay. And, but I just, I'm kind of like, well, the animation is still bugging me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you're going to, you can tell me more about that when we jump into it. Uh, okay. When we're in the history of the movie and we talk about it. Because I got something, I got things. something loaded, locked and loaded, uh -oh. but, but I'll wait. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah is locked and loaded, ladies and gentlemen. Well, since she's locked and loaded, we're locked and loaded. Let's get into talking about uh, some Tangled.
All right, listen, I didn't want to have to do this, but you leave me no choice. Here comes the smolder. Coming, Blondie. This is a hairy one. Get it? <laughs> Seriously, you get it? Just when you think Disney has tugged on your heartstrings in every possible way, people start lighting lanterns. Tangled is the story of Rapunzel. You know the drill, long hair, cute prince, or some scoundrel. You know, I think Flynn Rider might have been inspired by Lone Star from Spaceballs. Did you ever see Spaceballs? What a movie. Anywho, Lone Star is just a smuggler, scoundrel kind of guy who's meant to be a parody of Han Solo in a way, who in the end finds out he's a bona fide prince. Spoiler alert! I know, I know, old Eugene isn't really a prince. Or is he? Who knows? Have I digressed? I've digressed. Here's the point. Long hair, mean old woman who takes advantage of long hair, which is magic, the the best horse human team since Mr. Ed and Wilbur, and a chameleon named Pascal all work together to bring us the triumph of Disney's 50th animated feature. This is Tangled. And here's Teresa with some history. No, Steve, wait. What? Wait, wait, no, wait. No history? No history. No. Not, oh, yet. not yet. Not yet. Oh, well, what are we doing? Well, we have somebody who loves Tangled so much that she thinks she knows everything. Oh, wow. You're just so, calling her out like that? I am calling her out. It is Stump Sarah Tangled Quiz Time. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Sarah we're, some questions. We're halfway so, there. <laughs> yeah. We're going to see how much Sarah really knows. Okay. 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 All right. Um, what was the rating for Tangled? Oh, snap. Uh, I'm going to say PG. Ah, it was the very first Disney princess film to be PG. Woohoo! I didn't know, I just guessed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I shouldn't have told you that. <laughs> that was funny, though. Okay, there is a painting in this movie. What other movie do we see the painting in? Uh, we see it in Frozen. Yes. The same painting? Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, in the Which, song that Anna sings. Um, yeah, anyway, go ahead. Which characters never speak in the movie? Oh, Rapunzel's mom and dad. Dang, 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 dang. Do they never, okay. they, do they never speak out loud? Mm-mm. Oh, never? never oh, but let me tell you something. There's a moment, we'll talk about it. But Oh, it speaks volumes to me, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. How much No, does... that's what's so powerful about them, because mm. they don't speak out loud. How much does Rapunzel's hair weigh? Oh, my. Well, I know it's 70 feet long. Hmm. It weighs nothing because she's animated. (laughs) 
10.4 pounds. Wow. Now, how how would we know that? Is that said in the movie? No, it's no. not said in the movie. It's how much a, a, like, an inch of hair weighs, and then you have to do the math. and. Well, that's not a fun, that's not a fair trivia question. It's in the fun well. facts. She could have read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. What other Disney princesses are featured in Tangled? Oh, my. Featured? Featured. Well, they're featured, but they're featured as, like, hidden Mickeys, but they're featured. Well, that's not featured. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm going to say, is Tiano? How many are, are we have to work with here? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Dang. I guess I'll say Tiana's one, because that was just done. So they have the animatics for her. I I don't know where this would be, so I don't know. Belle, Snow White, Cinderella, Tiana, and Ariel. <laughs> so I you, do. Guess, you guess some of them, but Snow White, yes. Uh, there is an apple on the end of a banister. Belle, because there is a what? rose... Yes. Wait a minute. So they're not there. The princesses themselves are not there. They're represented by things. Yes. That's That's silly. Okay. There's um, the dresser from Beauty and the Beast and a rose are both present. There's a shell on a banister for Ariel, a slipper, and then uh, the spindle from Sleeping Beauty. So for Aurora. That That is a tenuous question at best. That is okay. Okay, here's a good one. Here's I a good call one. shenanigans. Here's a good one. Okay, what era is Mother Gothel's dress from? Ooh. Oh, the medieval, medieval times era. Okay, do you know why they chose that dress? Yes, for her? I Ooh. do because it's very different from Rapunzel's, which is more in the Renaissance era, and they chose two totally different time periods to demonstrate just how different. They, the two of them are from each other in terms of their mindset and their just the way they are. Do you know Ooh. what time period Tangled is set in? The years? Uh, mm, I, I don't know. 17 something. <laughs> 1780s. I guess close enough. Wow. Okay. wow. Okay. So now wow. you mentioned two eras, the Renaissance era and the medieval era. Can anyone tell us another era? Cenozoic. Well, there's the there's <laughs> Mesozoic, the classical Mesozoic. era. There's uh, there's the there's the olden days. Um, oh yes. There's the days of yore, <laughs> and there's yesteryear. Oh. Okay. Uh, here's another good one. How old is Flynn, and how old is Rapunzel? I'm gonna say Rapunzel's 18, and Flynn, I'm gonna say. Is 26 to 32. He is 26. It's the largest age gap between prince and princess, if you will. It's eight years. And we said they're how old now? One more time. How old is she? 18. Okay. And he's 26. And he's 26. Okay. So eight years, yeah. Well, that's all right, I guess. That's nothing. Yeah, that's all right, Okay. Let's see. Last couple here. What is Rapunzel's favorite type of soup? Oh, uh, it's it's uh, oh my gosh I'm blanking on the name hold on it is uh, not fennel soup uh, <laughs> it's a vegetable 
That's weird. That I use all the time now. Parse, parse, no, parsnips. She got parsnips to make hazelnut soup. Bam. There it is. Hazelnut. There we go. All right. Uh, okay, what is one thing Mother Gothel finds annoying about Rapunzel? Oh, that she mumbles. Did I mumble, Mother? <laughs> she knows her She knows her tangled, Steve. She She's doing well. She's doing well. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I had for. Oh, okay. I, mean, I could go. I could go on and on. Trust me, I've I've got plenty. But wow. I figure we should just get into it. So time for history now. Yes. Here's Teresa yes. with some history. I'm sure you know everything there is to know about the castle. Oh well, actually, I uh, yes, I do. As you can see. Alrighty, as we said, this is Disney's 50th animated feature, which is just unheard of. So cool. And they have a different opening, too, because of the Mickey with the 50 for this movie. Uh, Guess guess who has a 50th animated movie coin from El Capitan Theater? (gasps) Sarah! That would be me! It has Tangled on the back, it has 50th animated movie on the front, and it's awesome. Wow. All right, so this came out November 24, 2010, which was actually a Thanksgiving weekend release, and it is loosely based on the Grimm's fairy tale Rapunzel. As most of Disney's fairy tales are, they are loosely based on the Brothers Grimm fairy tales because, as we all know, the Brothers Grimm were twisted, and (laughs) their actual stories are very scary. Yes. So this movie was actually in production for six years, but it was actually in production for quite longer than that because Walt Disney actually started working on a a treatment for Rapunzel back in like the forties. You got it. But you, wait. So for years and years and years while we were doing this show, and I mean like for the past decade, for so long it was like, well, Walt started this, Walt started this. And I literally thought we were kind of out of that era. But now we're back there. Walt started this. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. I think he I think most fairy tales he was kind of like, let's do this and okay. then nothing happened yeah. with it. You know? Mm. So for six years it was in production and it actually had a budget of two hundred and sixty million dollars, which makes it the most expensive Disney animated film in the wow. numbered canon. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Opening weekend, it did $86.1 million. Pretty good, pretty good. So, but on, you know, for total numbers, it earned $200.8 million in North America and $390.9 million in other countries for a worldwide total of $591.7 million. It was the third Disney film to appear in the top 10 films of 2010. And as of 2016, it is the fifth highest grossing film worldwide by Walt Disney Animated Animation Studios behind Frozen, Zootopia, The Lion King, and Big Hero 6. Yeah. So, pretty Yay. good. Pretty good. This film employed a very unique artistic style because it blended CGI and traditional animation while also using non-photorealistic rendering to create the impression of a painting. And we're going to get more into the whole 2D, 3D animation thing in a minute. Because, Steve, if you remember, we were all hyped up for 2D returning with Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. They didn't. 
Right. They decided to go 3D. And we're going to talk about that. Now, I want to get back to this other, uh, this one fact. It was the third Disney film appearing in the top 10 films of 2010. What were the oh, other? no, I don't know. You did it again. <laughs> the one thing I didn't go and look up. Well, because here's what I'm seeing in the top grossing in the top ten animated grossing films of 2010. Number one was Toy Story three. No, not just animated. Just ten Disney films. Oh, okay. Of, it was the third Disney film appearing in the top ten films of 2010. Oh. So you'd have to look at what the top ten films total were, not just animated. Okay. Proceed. So, so what were they? So, Toy Story 3. Toy Story Tangled. 3 and Tangled are the only two Disney animated films on the list. And I know, Tangled was number in, three. In total, like, top ten films, though? Top ten animated films. I've got the highest grossing animated films up. I've, okay. I'm working on the other. Stand by. It's probably Go. a Marvel movie. <laughs> Proceed. So, Glenn Keane was the film's original director. He first began working on the story for what would become Tangled about 14 years prior to its release. So, we had Disney working on it, Walt himself, and then Glenn Keane. And then he was actually in the the director's chair for the film's development from 2002 to 2008. And he said of the original plot that it was fun, wonderful, and witty, and they had a couple of great writers, but in his heart of hearts, he believed there was something much more sincere and genuine to get out of the story, so they set it aside and decided to go back to the original roots of the fairy tale. So there wasn't a a different plot for the movie Mm -hmm. that they scrapped. In November 2005, the film was actually called Unbraided, and it was pushed back to a summer 2009 release in order to give Glenn Keane more time to work on the story. The film actually shut down production about a week before um, this gentleman, I forget his first name, but his last name is Catmull. Ed Catmull. Is it Ed, Ed Catmull? Catmull? Yeah, Ed Catmull and John Laster were placed in charge of the animation studio in January of 2006. And one of the first decisions that they made was to restart the project and ask Glenn Keane to keep working on the film. In October of 2008, it was reported that Glenn Keane and his partner had stepped down as directors due to other commitments, and they were replaced by the team of Byron Howard and Nathan Greeno, who actually did Bolt. And Glenn Keane did stay on as executive producer and the animation supervisor. And then after the film came out, it was revealed that the reason Glenn Keane stepped down from being the director is because he actually had a heart attack in 2008. Hmm. So they needed some other people to come in. All right. So this is what this is what I found. Okay. This actually was not this actually did not after all was said and done end up being in the top 10 films of of 2010. It was number 12. Uh, the other Disney films that are actually in the top 10, of course, number one and being Toy Story, it was the highest grossing film of 2010, was Toy Story 3. And number three on the list is Alice in Wonderland. At Yum. this point, Iron Man 2 is number four, but at this point, uh, I don't know if the full-on Disney buyout had happened and Iron Man 2 was still under the Paramount banner, mm. being released under Paramount Studios. So this was right in that weird time as, as all that stuff was happening. And, Dis- and and so Marvel had to work out their commitment with Paramount, and Disney had to work out something with Paramount. So it's not actually listed as a Disney film there. It's listed as a Paramount release. Hmm. Proceed. I'm sorry. All good. All good. 
All right. So the original score for the film was composed by Alan Minken, who Sarah loves, with lyrics written by Glenn Slater. Minken said that he attempted to blend medieval music with 1960s folk rock to create the new songs. Mm -hmm. The soundtrack actually peaked at number 44 on the Billboard 200 chart, and it was number seven on the soundtrack chart and number three on the Kid Albums chart. All right. Well, what would outdo this on the Kid Albums? Oh, why do I you know these questions uh, like i'm supposed to know yeah uh I don't know. let me let me go look and let you know oh i'll handle it okay you handle it you, know you go find that all right so it was released on march 29th of 2011 as a four disc combo pack there was also a two disc blu-ray dvd combo pack and single dvd the bonus features for the Blu-ray include deleted scenes, two alternate opening sequences, two extended songs, and an inside look at how the film was made. I actually have this version. I have the two-disc Blu-ray DVD, and the how the film was made is really super cute. It's Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi, and they're just adorable. The DVD includes only two, or includes two of the original storybook openings and the 50th animated feature countdown, which is pretty cool. Now, this is the impressive part to me when we're talking movie numbers. Sales of Tangled in the U.S. and Canada exceeded $95 million in DVD and Blu-ray sales, made, which made it the highest grossing DVD of, the, of 2011. Its home video sales exceeded the film's earnings in its first week in theaters. Whoa. And the film sold a record 2,970,052 units, which is the equivalent of $44.5 million in its first week in North America, which was the largest opening for a 2011 DVD. But isn't, and, isn't this a trend that we've been seeing, you know, covering these movies, Teresa, since, since we've started to come into this new Renaissance era? And I mean, and, and we talked about it kind of starts with Bolt that... Mm -hmm that these movies end up having a better life so far here on on home release at this point than they do in the theater. And really, it's not until Frozen that you end up with this mega hit in the theater. And, and I have to say, it's got to be because of the goodwill that's built up on home release from Bolt and Princess and the Frog and now Tangled. Um, mm -hmm. This is this is the trend that the, the the word of mouth is getting out there, and people are picking these things up, and it, and this is where, you know, Disney's starting to get their steam back is is on these releases after the after after these things are out of the theater. It seems like that's what I it looks so, like. So, but you know, I think I think just in general, people are wanting to watch movies at home, and I think part of it is because at this time in 2010, 2011 going to a theater wasn't always the greatest experience. We were starting to get smartphones and stuff like that. People were people were on their phones and doing all this stuff. I think we're starting to come out of the terrible movie watching experience at a theater now that a lot of theaters are going to reserve seating and they have all these announcements about put your phone up and you're going to get kicked out of the theater and all this stuff. And so I think we're starting to get into an era where movie watching at a theater is more fun for people. Mm -hmm. um, but Certainly those seats have something to do with it but also yeah. it's kids as well like kids it's the rewatchability factor for them like a kid will put on a movie and just on repeat on repeat you know like they'll, they'll watch it over and over again and it's a way of bringing that character into their home with them mm -hmm. 
and, but, and the, mu- the music as well. But when Tangled comes to theaters, we're mm-hmm. still also in an era, uh, you know, six, six, seven years ago, where, you know, and, and you know, God forbid we, we get really honest about people's response to some prior movies, but Teresa, we just covered them. We covered things like Home on the Range. We covered uh, <laughs> those movies that didn't quite... I'm sorry. That didn't quite build, you know. That Disney lost a lot of goodwill from moviegoers. They did by some of these things. They and, had they had a really tough time there for a while. Although Steve, not as tough as you know when Pinocchio was a flop and Dumbo was a flop. Sure, and it was flop, 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 flop. But what I'm but what I'm saying here is in, on this situation is that I think that with the rising cost of movie tickets, because we're also in an era where everything's coming out in 3D. Even Tangled was released in 3D. Mm-hmm. And yes, so, and, and movie ticket costs are rising and people are like, well, I don't, I mean, I know more people who don't want to see something in 3D than do. And I, and I count myself in that audience. Um, and, and so you have to have something that people know they're going to enjoy or really, really strongly feel like they're going to enjoy, even with their kids to go and, and take their kids to it, especially after you've had that summer with Toy Story 3 the, and of the 2010 the most human, most compelling, most emotional story to come out of 2010 was Toy Story 3. And <laughs> and so you yeah. you still kind of got this stigma, though, on Disney, even when Tangled's coming out. And I think what happens here, I think what we're seeing here with Tangled is the shift so that when Frozen hits, people are primed and ready for Frozen, and Frozen fever just takes over. And, or like ever, and I think that, <laughs> and I think that what when you have the the sale of Blu-ray units and everything the way that you you know those numbers you just mentioned, I really do think that that's that's a tale of people heard about this thing they missed it in the theater their kids missed it like I heard this was really good we're going to go ahead and pick this thing up and there was such a buzz around this and this is the moment where Disney steps back in full force and people are like we can trust you again. I maybe really so. I really think that's what's going on here. I really do. Yeah, maybe so, but either way, the amount of units this thing sold is mm-hmm. pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Like as of January 20th, 2016, the film has earned a total of 250 million dollars in home video sales in the US and Canada alone. Mm. Wow. And yeah. you know what, sitting here with me in my studio here is from 2011 a what is this called like you know those those big box box things they put out in grocery stores and things to sell your movie yeah like it, it oh, has the displayers yeah the, the point display, of purchase yeah. the point of purchase yeah. as we like to call them mm-hmm. exactly so i have this this big display that holds dvds here and it's holding my entire dvd collection but that's it's all cool. tangled theme wow and I love it. that's cool yeah richard got it for me oh <laughs> now as we like, you know, I love awards. So Tangled was nominated for an Oscar for Best Song for See the Light. But I knew you are going to ask me what actually won. So what actually won was We Belong Together from Toy Story 3. Mm. Uh, and then it was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature and for Best Song for See the Light. And it lost <laughs> both of those. Uh, let's see. It law. Where is it? It probably lost. It it probably lost to Toy Story three. 
So for best original song, it lost to You Haven't Seen the Last of Me from Burlesque, oh, wow. which I love Burlesque. I mean, mm-hmm. not more not more than Tangled, but mm-hmm. I do love <laughs> I do love Burlesque. Uh, and then for best animated feature film, it did lose to Toy Story 3, but it was up against some good ones. It was up against Despicable Me, which is still a powerhouse, mm-hmm. How to Train Your Dragon, mm-hmm. and mm. The Illusionist. So that was a pretty good year for yeah. animated movies. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a good year for much of anything else movie-wise. No. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, like that, when we, when we came out of that, that year, I just remember... Even though I liked Iron Man 2, and, and I think Avatar came out that same year, it just seemed to fall flat. Or Avatar had come out the year before, maybe. Yeah, it came out December the year before in 2009. 2009. And so it yeah. was still making money in 2010. But, um, yeah, for me, there just wasn't a lot. Harry Potter hit in November that year. The last Harry Potter, the first, the first of the last. Um, yeah, like it was movies like The King's Speech, Inception, Black yeah. Swan, Social Network. Oh, those are amazing. Those are amazing. They are amazing, but they did not have the 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 mass appeal. Like you know, people weren't well, coming. That's true. People weren't coming back from the theater. Talk, Inception did because it was new and different. But you think of it; it hadn't really had the staying power. Um, a lot of people have gotten to where they like to poke holes in a lot of what Christopher Nolan does with his movies. I'm not one of those people, but it just hasn't had the staying power. For me that year, it was just kind of a low, and I'd come back to what I say, Toy Story 3 was the most human. I can't even talk about I don't know how when we get to that, Teresa, I have no I'm idea going to do that show because <laughs> I can't even start talking about it without just turning into a big weepy mess. <laughs> so anyhow, I'm sorry. Let's continue on. We got to get, we got to talk of this stuff here. Yeah, so it was nominated for a couple of Grammys. It was nominated for the Best Compilation Soundtrack for Visual Media. It did lose that to Boardwalk Empire, Volume 1. And then it was nominated for Best Song Written for Visual Media, but it it won that, which was for I See the Light. So, yay. It won something. Hooray! All right, here we go. We're about to get into it. Sarah's locked and loaded. Oh, wait, not yet, not yet. I know, but I'm just I'm telling you, Sarah, get you get her in your sights because we've got Okay. Okay, so Disney did release a short film in twenty twelve titled Tangled Ever After, which was about Rapunzel and Flynn's wedding. I can't call him Eugene, I'm sorry. He's yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. We'll call him Flynn. And, How about that? It's easy. Yeah. And then a there was a television series. Well, there is a television series which Ooh. Sarah is in love with. It's Tangled the series, which is premiering tomorrow, March twenty fourth, and it was preceded by a movie that did come out on our birthday, March tenth, Tangled Before Ever After. So please tell me about the animation. Okay, so uh, because I'm so into Tangled, and we have Richard and I through Skywalking through Neverland have done some interviews with. Like the Lion Guard uh, director and supervisor of the series. And we've done some interviews with, I think, uh, Miles from Tomorrowland and that. So I used that as a jumping off point to contact Disney and say, Hey, I see you have a Tangled series coming out. I know that our listeners are going to be very, very excited about this because I'm excited about it. And can we uh, talk with the directors, producers, whoever we can talk to? So... We got invited to an event where they showed the Tangled Disney movie. And then, this is the, the I'm sorry, they, they showed the Disney Channel movie, Tangled Before Ever After. 
So, it gets confusing. And then they had a Q&A with the supervising director of the series, Chris Sonnenberg, and the supervising producer, Ben Balistreri, right after. And it was really cool. It was at ABC building in Burbank. And uh, yeah, so this is about the animation. You know, Richard actually asked him the question about animation. Why did they choose to animate it this way? Because Richard, like you, Teresa, was not so into the animation style. He's like, what, what is going on here? So this is what he said as I find it. All right. So basically what he said was that if you think about it right now, Rapunzel is telling her story. This, this animated series is Rapunzel telling her story. Now Rapunzel, she's very, very artistic. How would she tell her story? Well, she'd tell her story in pictures. So the animation style is actually like Rapunzel painted the whole thing. So if you look at it, there's actually, there's like dry brush strokes in the animation mm -hmm. that should feel that she that. painted it. There's the lines that surround everything. It's a very rough line quality to really give a tactile sense of sketching. And then they laid off the Photoshop-y gradients. You know how you can do all the gradients that I like to do in my artwork. But um, they laid off that as much as possible because it's like brush strokes. It's like it should feel like a storybook coming to life. And that that would be why the animation is the way it is. I can I I would agree with that. I can handle that. That might make it a little bit easier for me. Yeah. Hmm. And I think it does. And if you watch the movie, you know, at one point she is given a journal and instead of writing down things that happen to her, she actually paints and sketches what happens to her. So that is an actual representation of the animation in the series. And I thought it's right. really cool. Yeah. I accept and, it. Yes. And actually talking to them, uh, you know, was was really very gratifying because they have a direction for this series. They have a beginning, a middle and end. They know where they're going. It sounds like they've really thought about it. And that that's mostly why I'm excited, because when anytime you can talk to the creators of something and really get into their heads like that, that's when you know that this is happening. So they've really thought about it. Like Dave Filoni talks about Star Wars Rebels, you know. They've thought you know what's it interesting lot. is that Disney is creating another series, I was about to say that, like Star Wars Rebels, where it has yes. a specific point that it starts and where it has to end, like yes. Rebels does, you know, so it's only going to last yeah. so long because they have to get from point A to point B. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, and oh, it was super cool. I mean, and she's going to have to lose her hair again, so. Oh, yeah, well, that's true. Exactly. So <laughs> she gets her hair back and she's going to have to lose it by Tangled Ever After. So. Yeah, by the time they get married. So. Yeah. But now yeah. I got I to say this. I'm watching as you guys are talking. I am listening, but I'm also watching some clips here from um, from the from the movie and some they've got some sing along stuff up. This animation, I like Teresa better than what I honestly better than what I've seen from the DuckTales cartoon that's going to be oh. hitting. You know, I haven't compared the two. Um, I should do that. I should do that. I, I have the movie on my DVR. I'm going to watch it again uh, before the series starts tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, I haven't watched the DuckTales trailer again. Sarah, am I just an old fogey? I mean, am I just an old man? Uh, we, we talked a little bit about this um, on a previous episode. Teresa and I did. Um, it seems to me that in a lot of these 2D shows... 
the the animation style has gone in in such a a minimalist style way that mm. that it, it it's almost because I grew up on you know details details and and even in the nineties you know with Animaniacs and and Tiny Toon Adventures and you know you think about your Disney Afternoon stuff like there seemed to be and I'm not saying the animators aren't doing quality work but to me what i'm seeing is is a is much more stylized almost to a, mm-hmm. a, a minimalist point is well what what is that trend am i am i wrong or am i just an old fogey it's like well back in my day <laughs> well there is a difference in how this animation is being created so back in the 80s and 90s it's hand-drawn animation i mean that's how they're creating these series whereas now take Tangled, I mean, we learned from the producer himself, Ben Balistreri, that what they are doing is they're using a 3D program to create this 2D animation. Mm -hmm. So what they're doing is they're actually creating models of, you know, like people's bodies and stuff that is actually a 3D model in the computer, but when you see it on screen, it's flattened out. So that way they can turn it easier it's just, it's a different way of animating, and I think it lends itself to a more stylized feel of animating. Of animating, and Claire Keen, who is the daughter of Glenn Keen, uh, actually worked on this series and had a hand in producing it, and even created this diary, like this actual diary that, as if uh, Rapunzel made it herself. She painted these pages like Rapunzel mm-hmm. would paint them. So mm-hmm. this is kind of their Bible for the series that they're using. Yeah, but I in in looking at the animation for the series, it looks mm-hmm. a lot more you know, especially with the stylized. characters and that sort of thing. Well, it does look stylized, but it but to me it doesn't look as stylized as what like we're going to be getting from the DuckTales series or what we've seen from some of their their shorts, you know, uh that they did a while back yeah. with with your classic Disney characters and stuff. Oh, yeah, those. And you know, where on those type of things the lines seem to be a lot thicker. Um, mm. and I don't know, it's just a, it's an, it's just an interesting trend to me. It seems in animation, um, that that's there and it's not a, from, I guess it's not so much an observation or so much a criticism as an observation. And I'm just wondering if there's something I'm missing, you know, um, okay. as to, as to why that seems to be the trend. And it honestly, it started back in the days of Cartoon Network with stuff like Dexter's mm. Laboratory and Johnny Bravo you know, very minimalist style. It seemed like in in the in the art that was going on um, with those with those original cartoons. But it's just a well, it it's cheaper. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's cynical. That's a cynical way of looking at things. But well, I guess so. as, since we're talking about animation, I want to talk about the animation for the actual movie. And we kind of started this conversation on Princess and the Frog, but it looked like they were going to be bringing back 2D animation. That was actually something that they said, that mm-hmm. they were you know, trying to bring back that classic Disney feel of 2D animation. Right. And then, uh, let's see, when was it? I have it right here. There was a shareholders meeting. And this article was written in 2013 in March. There was a shareholders meeting where Bob Iger came out and he said, To my knowledge, we are not developing 2D or hand-drawn featured animated films right now. There's a fair amount of activity going on in hand-drawn animation, but it's largely for television at this point. We're not necessarily ruling out the possibility of a feature, but there isn't anything in development at the company at the moment. And this was following, you know, where they had just rehired people uh, 
for Princess and the Frog and things like that. So it kind of shocked a lot of people. It was all over the news and everything that, wait, they're not going back to 2D. And why aren't they going back to 2D? And there's a lot of speculation, but I think part of it is revenue. They really didn't make as much off of Princess and the Frog as compared to some of the other 3D animated films that came out when Princess and the Frog came out. And uh, so I have some other stuff here. Glenn Keane originally did want the film to be animated using traditional 2D hand-drawn animation. However, Disney executives David Stanton and Dick Cook announced that they would only approve the film for production if it were created using um, 3D. So in response to that, Glenn Keane actually held a seminar called The Best of Both Worlds, where he and 50 Disney CGI artists and traditional artists focused on the pros and cons of each style. And after their meeting, it was decided that the film would be made in 3D CGI animation, um, but in a way that it becomes an extension of traditional 2D, um, the Disney aesthetic of 2D. Mm -hmm. And this is important because... It paved the way for Disney to create all kinds of technology because there were tons of limitations with computer technology at the time that didn't allow them to be able to capture like the complexities of human form or even hair, for example. And there were a lot of basic principles of hand-drawn animation that just didn't translate over into the computer. And so they created new technology and new software. And Glenn Keane stated repeatedly that he wanted to make the computer bend its knee to the artist instead of the computer dictate the artistic style. And so in order to Ooh. do that, they had to create new things. And by making the, the computer become as pliable as the pencil, Keane's vision of a three-dimensional drawing seemed within reach with the artist controlling the technology instead of the um, computer controlling the artist. Yeah. And I think that that's super important as we move forward because when we get to things like Moana, the animation, like we can talk about the hair here and what they did and, it, and it's gorgeous and it's beautiful, but if you put this next to the hair in Moana, oh my gosh, their technology Utopia. Yeah, their technology just in the past few years with them creating new computer programs to do this stuff. I don't even notice the 3G CG like, you know, animation with Disney. Now with others, I do. Mm -hmm. With DreamWorks and some of the other ones, it is very clear. But Disney is starting to make it sort of fluid from this 2D to 3D style and it's just in my opinion, it's getting more and more gorgeous. So at what point, just um, you know, as a as a as just a quick one-off piece of a conversation, do you guys think that at any time in the future there will be? Look what we're doing! It's so revolutionary! It's so it's so amazing! We've done a two D movie again. I mean, <laughs> at, at what point do? Because honestly, I think ten, fifteen years down the road, that's something they can do and use it as a selling point to like come see what traditional animation always looked like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that that that's something they should keep in their back pocket, ready to rock and roll with. Well, didn't they use that as a selling point for Princess and the Frog? I, I seem to recall that. Yeah, I think, they did. I think so, they, but it was still so. It it seemed like. It didn't seem like that long since the, you know, the, the, in, there was 2D was still a big thing out there, it felt like. Right. 
Hmm. Not for me. I remember yeah. being like, oh, they're going back to 2D. I don't know about sure. this. Yeah. And then I fell asleep when I watched it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's such a good movie. Such a good I know. Movie. I need to watch it again and then listen to your guys' uh, DVT. Well, yeah, that's... It, it's it's good. It's good. But, you know, like, I don't know. I I kind of understand where they're coming from as far as moving this direction. And I maybe Moana's clouding it for me because I loved it so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And... But it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. All right. Well, is it time, Teresa? Yes. Fun facts. Woo. What just movie. happened? What just happened? Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> I don't Edit. <laughs> edit this mess. Oh, my gosh. My, my software has turned against me. It was like, no, we're not. I'm not going to do the thing you want me to do, Steven. Oh, my Lanta. Okay, here we go. <laughs> It's time. Fun facts. Woo. Say it proud and geek out loud. It's fun facts. Okay, so. Oh no! Some- no! <laughs> Dang it. Go ahead. Fun facts. So you said some of the stuff already mm-hmm. and when we were quizzing Sarah, but before the film's released, so it, well, okay, let me back up. In 2003, it was announced that it was going to be called Rapunzel Unbraided. And then that was changed to just Rapunzel. And then it was changed to Tangled. And the reasoning that it was changed to Tangled is because they wanted to make it more gender neutral. So something yeah, that boys yeah. and girls would want to see. Kind of like Frozen. They did the same thing. Look, uh-huh. I, yeah. like, I like the name Tangled. I think it's a cute name. I think it works. But I don't think there's any... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> just proceed. <laughs> All right. So at one point... My favorite person in Disney history, Michael Eisner, (laughs) himself, had proposed using modern-day San Francisco as the initial setting at the start of the film, and somehow it would transport the heroine into a fairy tale world. But Glenn Keane couldn't make that work. Maybe because Enchanted did that, but backwards? Right, I was was going to say. say. Yeah. Now, according to Greeno, one of the directors, one of the most difficult problems during the development of the film was how to get Rapunzel out of the tower without immediately ending the movie. Because that would be the end of the story, is Rapunzel leaving the tower. So they had to give Rapunzel an I Want song. Yeah. Well, it, it, so it ended up being the lantern thing. Yes. Now, when Mandy Moore auditioned, and she had to audition several times, and she had to do a singing section, she actually chose to sing Help Me by Joni Mitchell as her song to prove that she could sing for this character, which wow. I'm like, uh, duh. Mandy but it's Moore Mandy Moore. How would they not know she could yeah. sing? I don't know. They made her audition and sing. I don't know huh. what to tell you. Also, um, Kristen Bell and Idina Menzel uh, auditioned for the role of Rapunzel, and they yep. didn't get it. So Well, then. They got Frozen instead. <laughs> yeah. I think they're good. I think they're good. Now, Mandy Moore only met Zachary Levi one time, and that was when they recorded I See the Light. They never met during recording any of the dialogue, which just uh, blows my mind because it's so good. How yeah. How did they not meet each other? I have such great chemistry. I know. Now, we talked about this painting a little bit. It's called The Swing. It's the Rococo painting of the French artist Ooh. Jean Fragonard. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Jean, it was, Jean-Henri Fragonard. 
It was used as a reference for the film's artistic style to be romantic and lush. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's green, so that means Sarah reads it. Yes, because this is my favorite fun fact. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. So Rapunzel is very cute and appealing, right? So they wanted to make Flynn the most handsome, most attractive male lead Disney has ever had. So what they did was have a hot man meeting in which they called in all the women of the studios, like secretaries, everyone. And they gathered them all together, about 30 women in a room and asked them what they considered attractive in a man. And they threw out ideas and they, they brought in hundreds of images from favorite male actors, celebrities, anything. They were torn up and put on a big, you know, board, like a storyboard. And and they finally came up with, they came up with Flynn. Yes, and there was also concept drawings that the animators had drawn, and there was, you know, a bunch of the animators were guys, and they were in there yep. for this hot man meeting, and they were so uncomfortable <laughs> because the girls were like, "No, not that, not that." And yeah. the the thing that the thing that made them uncomfortable is the fact that some of these they had drawn like with people they knew in mind and other animators in the studio or whatever, and all oh. these women are like, "No, mm-mm, not that." <laughs> So it's so offensive, so offensive and surfacy. I'm yeah, a, I'm offended. Also, I'm offended. Totally for, I'm offended for all my brothers out there as we struggle. We're not just pieces oh, of meat. We're oh, not just pieces of meat, women, ladies. How how dare women? Yes, you know. we're not just pieces of meat, ladies. Eyes are up here. Okay, what do you call all the Marvel films? I love them so much. I call them awesome. I call them awesome pieces of. Uh, of cinema. Those yes. are those are those are hot man movies. That's yes. what they are. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> uh, of course I'm joking about guys. <laughs> okay, so existing technology continued to present difficulties for them, in particular animating hair. We can talk about hair animation for days. Animating hair turned out to be a challenge, so senior software engineer Kelly Ward spent six years writing programs to make it move the way they wanted, and as late as January 2010, the directors were still not sure if Rapunzel's character's length of hair was going to work. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Now, several songs were written but eventually cut from the final film, including When Will My Life Begin replaced an earlier version called What More Could I Ever Need? Minkin reported that the opening number went through five or six different versions before they settled on the main one. So when will my life begin? There were over 45,000 lanterns used during the I See the Light sequence. 45,000! Okay, I love this one. And I watched, when I was re-watching the movie, I watched for it, and it's so true. Whenever Mother Gothel expresses her love to Rapunzel, it's always to her hair and not directly uh, to Rapunzel. She kisses whoa. Rapunzel on the head and touches her hair whenever she's expressing love. And she also calls her my little flower, which is in reference, obviously, to the, the magic flower. But by contrast, whenever Flynn is being affectionate towards her, he actually brushes, brushes her hair out of her face so that he can look at her face. Oh, well, that's because he likes brunettes. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, here's the stuff about the hair. So, there was uh, her hair was 70 feet in length and it consisted of about 100,000 strands of hair. And it weighed 10.4 pounds, but we have to assume that the way that she moves with that hair is manageable because it has magic properties ah. <laughs> and it doesn't feel as heavy. <laughs> She reminds me of Medusa of the Inhumans. You'll all understand soon when that comes to ABC. Okay. 
Ha- having worn a Rapunzel wig, yeah, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the kingdom dance scene... There are over 3,000 people, CGI, CGI people, present, which makes it the largest crowd scene of any Disney film. And the largest crowd scene before that was actually in Hunchback of Notre Dame. Rapunzel is the only princess with green eyes. And I verified it. I checked. Ariel does not have green eyes. (laughs) She has blue eyes. (laughs) And the infamous frying pans who knew line, frying pans, who knew? Seems to be an homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark when the damsel in distress has nothing else to fight with but a frying pan. All right, all right. Let's not call Marion a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My lord. I knew you would like that one, though, because of Raiders and Lost Ark. Yeah. Now, the dagger that Mother Gothel takes with her when she leaves to look for Rapunzel is identical to the dagger that Frollo carries in the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, that's mm. nifty. Ah. All right, well, let's get into this thing, guys. We've we have we have been going on and on about history and stuff, but I want to talk about the movie proper. Sarah, you're our guest. You love this movie. Tell us about why you love this movie so much. Oh, okay. I love this movie so much. I don't even know why. Like it's like what what <laughs> Teresa was saying about Moana. She doesn't know why. And I I think what what happened to me was, well, for one thing. I have a history with it, and that is at the D23 Expo in 2009, this is the very first D23 Expo, they showed some concept art for this film, and I I loved it. Like, I thought it was beautiful. I, I particularly remember they showed the concept art of the tower in the woods, and you know how beautiful that is. And so I was immediately mesmerized, so when the movie came out, I scheduled to see it at the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood with my mom, and uh, we saw like that opening weekend in 3D. I was very excited about it, and we watched it, and it like literally changed my life. Like I, I think I cried three times when I saw it. And seeing it in 3D, this film needs to be seen in 3D, especially because of the lantern scene. Like to me, I was watching it in the theater, and it just felt like all these lanterns were floating all around and and I think it's something about this film you know it's Rapunzel she's by herself in a tower and she's an only child well I'm an only child so I immediately felt that connection she's also very artistic I've always been very artistic so those connections were there and then the fact that this movie it's like a Disney princess movie meets an Indiana Jones film that adventure and it's it's all rolled into this one awesome story with a main character that I can just really get behind. And that's why I loved it so much. You know, it, it hit me that way. And, I, and then I saw it with my mom, too. So it has that mm-hmm. lovely connection as well. So uh, that's how I can try to explain why I love it so much. Mm. It's... um. I want to ask this, and and I think I know what your answer will be, Sarah. Frozen, and we'll talk about Frozen more in depth, of course, next episode, Teresa, but Frozen became this huge phenomenon, this huge thing that is just hailed as this great, wonderful thing. I like this movie better than Frozen. Is that okay to Mm -hmm. say? Is that okay to say? Okay, that is totally okay because Frozen, when Frozen came out, there was the camp that adored Frozen and it changed their life the same way Tangled changed mine. So I think you are either a Frozen person or a Tangled person. And 
I, I had kind of a, an idea, a theory that it might be if you have, you know, a sister's versus only child or something like that. But I don't think that is true. I've asked various people. Do you guys do? You, well, you have sis. Yeah, you have. Yeah, a sister, I have. Si- I have two sisters. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. For me, I just think I, I watch movies in a different way. These Disney movies, what lands, you know, the, the, the jokes land better is the story mm. better. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that the music to me entangled is as singable as the music in Frozen. But of course, the music in Frozen has been beat down on our heads. But yes. um, but I also think that this movie just the jokes land better. The 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 moments of where you're supposed to feel it, I think, hits better. And mm-hmm. um, it flows better all around. It really does. I think. I, I think so as well. Teresa, what say you on this on this matter? I'm frangled. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I'm frangled. I love, I do love Tangled and I love Rapunzel as a character. I think she's really great. And I, I really do love Flynn. They are probably my favorite Disney couple. Uh, just because I feel like they, their meet cute is perfect. And it's not love at first sight. It's, you know, they, they grow on each other and they come to respect each other and they balance each other out, which is very much like my husband and I. And I see the light is actually our song. Mm. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff about this movie, but we'll get into it. But I do love Frozen. And when I look at just these three girls, so Anna, Elsa, Rapunzel, I see a little bit of myself in Rapunzel. I see a little bit of myself in Anna, and I see a little bit of myself in Elsa, too. So it makes it kind of hard. And maybe I'm getting to the point of, like, why I love Moana so much, because I am, like, all her. Like, that is, <laughs> like, right there. <laughs> but uh, I think there there's the people who love Frozen because it did change a lot of things about the way that we see animation and some other stuff, you know, and it, it was a very different departure. There was, it wasn't a love story there. While there were the guys that were involved, they weren't the center focus. Um, and I would argue that Flynn and Rapunzel weren't the center focus of this either, but in the end of frozen, nobody falls in love with each other. Well, they do, but that's not like the point. There's not the point, you know, like it's sort of like a side thing. Right. Um, right. So, but- it's all this this new Disney trying to depart from its normal tropes of Disney princess, like Disney princess falls in love with the prince type of thing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you just like ice or you like grass I have- <laughs> <laughs> or the grass on your feet. Well, one, I mean, and actually when you're saying that, you know, you see a lot of yourself in Moana, that's another reason why I love Tangled is before Tangled, Beauty and the Beast was probably, you know, Belle was probably the princess I was most like. I was very, I loved books when I was growing up and all of that, but I never looked like Belle. You know, I'm not brown haired, brown eyed. I'm blonde hair, blue eyed. And so when I saw Tangled, I know she's green eyes, but you know, it's the blonde thing. It's the whole bubbly thing. It's the, it's the whole, the whole thing. (laughs) You really are like her. Yeah. Yeah. And actually in, when we were talking to Chris Sonnenberg, the executive director of the series of Tangled, he said something which really rang true with me, and that is this, that Rapunzel, her hair represents her personality. It's bigger than life. It's bright. 
It's long. It shines. It's magical. It's pretty much who Rapunzel is. And just saying that, I'm like getting all verklempt because it's like, oh, that's just I just feel so connected to that. Now you just used a big word. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I did. Yeah, you know, I mean, you have a point. It really is her personality. And there's so many parts of this movie that I just absolutely adore. And, you know, there's this one has some of the best sidekicks that we've seen in a long time. Pascal and Max are just epic sidekicks. Okay, Maximus or Sven, what do you think? Oh, okay, Maximus or Sven, so not Pascal involved. No. Then Sven for me. Really? I do love Max, but there's things about Sven, like, you know, he's the one that gets Kristoff to turn around, like, he's, you know, he's like, and he talks, like, I don't know, maybe it's the talking thing that Kristoff talks for him or something, but (laughs) Max is just, I do love how he's just so, like, I'm gonna, (laughs) I don't know, he's like a puppy, yeah, but Pascal, Mm. Pascal reminds me of Flit from Pocahontas, but better you know they're <laughs> they're very just like i want to go outside or we're gonna go do this or you shouldn't do that they're very bossy mm-hmm. um but you know it's funny because pascal hides anytime mother gothel's around i don't know i don't know if you yeah. notice but he like blends in he's like i'm not here uh but he eventually kills her yeah more or less right i mean yeah he, he trips her <laughs> so she falls out the window of the tower. <laughs> right? He's a like, murderer. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like Tinkerbell. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and they're both green. Yeah. And well, small. to start with. Well, he's got violent tendencies anyway. I mean, when he, put, when he punches his little fist into his little hand, you know, when, yeah, she's, got, like... when she's got Flynn all tied up and everything. Yeah, he he has no problem being the bad cop yeah. to Rapunzel's good cop. <laughs> mm. What about you, Steve? What's um, your favorite side character? I'm, uh, you know, if you're going, if you're going, Sven versus Max, I've got to go Sven. But I love Pascal. I I think okay. he's he's my he's huh. one of my favorite things out of this movie. Is, is Pascal? He's you know to to be someone who doesn't have a voice. To, you know, to be one of those silent sidekicks kind of thing. He is just fan freaking tastic, and and he gets some of the funnier bits to me. So I'm yeah I'm I'm in this Pascal camp. Actually, for those of you listening right now, uh, Chris Sonnenberg, the director, has an Instagram account, and it's called at follow Pascal, and he has a Pascal doll which he brings to recording sessions with Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi. He brings to our blogger afternoon and he took a picture with us and Pascal. He brings everywhere. So if you want to see what's going on with Tangled the series, follow Pascal on Instagram. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm following him. One of the most recent ones, I it was I think it was yesterday. Uh was with Natasha Benningfield. They were doing a song and Pascal's oh. on her head. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. So it's kind of like Chicken Vant, but with Pascal. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. So, Steve, mm-hmm. what do you think of Flynn? Flynn is a trip and a half. Um, I, I, he is a, he's a scoundrel. He's a rogue. He's that, he's that lovable scoundrel who can't quite, you know, get everything right. 
you know, who who he's just he's just got his big score and now it's going to be taken away and um I think he's funny and and I I think that it's your typical you know tough guy with a heart of gold kind of situation going on with him. Um he I I he's obviously hot apparently. Um <laughs> you know but uh but I do dig him. I I I like that Here's the other thing, you know, people a lot of times, you know, really bash on these princesses and and we even had an email where the guy was like complaining about Cinderella and Snow White falling for these guys at weird times and Ariel. You know, you in in those classic old old Disney movies in Cinderella, in Snow White, you never really get to know the prince all that well. You know, in in Little Mermaid you do and of course in Beauty and the Beast you do because he's central to the uh to the story, but a lot of times, you know, in these princess-centric stories, these guys get kind of pushed to the side, which is fine. I'm not complaining about that. That's not me saying, "Oh, men are not well represented." I'm just saying, for the for the <laughs> point of for the point of those stories, that's what happens. Well, here, what we do is is they do a, such a great job of, and it, and it's something that's continued. The storytelling for Disney and for movies in general has evolved so that now we've got characters being rounded out all over the place and i and i think finn is a great example of that you know in this fairy tale world that though it is rapunzel's story and 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 that's great that her supporting cast is also very well fleshed out you know right all of them you know but finn flynn and finn flynn flynn is tron (laughs) flynn is tron finn is tangled um but Finn included, and I like him. I think he's a trip, and I love him. And I do think that he and Maximus are the greatest person-horse duo since Wilbur and Mr. Ed. No, they're great. I love when they're fighting with each other, and Pascal turns around, and he's like, cut it out. Stop it. She said, no. Hey, Sarah, when in the series is, you know, uh, when she goes into, the, into Corona, the main city center or whatever, they braid her hair. They braid her hair, right? Oh, and yes. So in the series and before ever after, she's having trouble because all her hair's back. She needs to just get those girls. Like she does. Yeah. You, just, you braid that crap. I'm trying to remember <laughs> if we see those girls again in the movie. So we we don't, do we? I I wasn't I honestly do. paying attention. I hope they're no, there because I. Would I think really we like do at the very people. end. Yeah. No, yeah, that that's maybe, like the best. But maybe they don't braid her hair because she has to do stuff with her hair. I don't know. You know. Well, no, like she was cat. trying to hide her hair from her parents. Yes. Yeah. Because she wasn't supposed to go outside the castle. And obviously she, she went outside and, you know, did something that her hair grew back. So they, they're going to know that she left. <laughs> well, obviously. So, okay. Now, do you like Flynn and Rapunzel as a couple, Steve? Oh yeah, this is this is definitely one of those meet cute movies, you know. It, it definitely the they the the classic romantic comedy of I can't stand him. Well, I don't like her either, you know. And then it's it's Han and Leia. It Ted and Diane. Um mm-hmm. Ted. I mean Sam and Diane, not Ted and Diane. <laughs> Ted dancing Sam and Diane. Yeah. I was waiting for you to to <laughs> Which by the way, by the way, we found out today Woody Harrelson's character in the Han Solo movie is Beckett. With, that's his, his name is Beck. Well, that is Sam's last name from Cheers. I was gonna oh, say. Okay. So well, isn't that Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap? So clearly, 
Oh, is it Sam Beckett from Clown and Weave? I thought it was Sam. Yes, it is. Sam Malone and Cheers. Never mind. Mm -hmm. gum. well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Go. Let's just prove. Move, mm, shut up, Steve. Can we talk about? I like their. I, I love their romance. Okay. Now, you know, if we talk about some of the voice actors for this movie, Donna Murphy is from uh, Frasier. Indeed. Mm. You know, so that's kind of cool. And then I do love Zachary Levi. He actually, Flynn was supposed to be British, and then they didn't like it, so they made him just use his regular American voice. And I think that was better. And especially when he's like, I didn't want to have to do this. Here comes the smolder. I'm like, <laughs> smolder yourself. Oh, come on. I, I, I like this. So, okay. So you go through, you're supposed to go through this journey where you're like stupid smolder. And then at the end, you're like smolder, you know, <laughs> like, uh, like you're supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Uh, and then I do really like Mandy Moore's Rapunzel. I, oh yeah. I, yeah. She's great. And then Jeffrey Tambor is in this too. Well, what He's am I? the big thug. One of my cool. favorite comedians is in this, Paul F. Tompkins, um, who plays the uh, the short thug, um, mm -hmm. and he's just he's a funny dude. And I didn't even realize it was him, but uh, yeah, it, he's one of my favorites of all time. Can we talk about the moment of this movie that made me cry? I mean, just made me spontaneously squirt a tear. Um, Which one? And that is when the king and the queen are. Getting, you know, coming to light their lantern to start off the whole oh, yeah. thing. Um, mm -hmm. The first time I watched this movie, and that's been a year or two ago, I guess, Teresa. Mm -hmm. um, the first time I watched this movie, when when that when that whole moment happens, like I I was fine, I was fine, and then just all of a sudden, you know, I mean, just it, that. <laughs> That whole sequence is so well done and so beautiful, and mm -hmm. it is it is storytelling at its best because everything is communicated in in, in a way that is just. The, the, I don't know that in a Disney movie proper, outside of Dumbo's situation with his mother, where she puts her trunk through the <laughs> through the bars to hold on to him. I don't know that without words something has been communicated so beautifully and so well. Uh, it, it is it is a moment that I think, for me, ends up setting this movie apart from so many other films of its era. Because in in the same year that we're getting you know a bunch of toys holding hands heading down and downward spiral into the <laughs> furnace, you know we get this moment and it's like. There's a shift. I don't want to overstate anything, but I really do feel like this movie represents a serious shift in the way that stories or animated stories are being told by Disney. I really do. I would also like to point out in this movie, both of her parents are alive. Mm. Exactly. So what is that about? It can be done, Disney. It can be done. <laughs> yeah, except for then they go to Frozen and then they both die. So, right. I mean, I don't know. Well, you've got it. Nature yeah. has to balance itself out, Therese. <laughs> <laughs> now, but I hear you, Steve. I, I do think, I know you guys were having a big debate about what was the beginning of the 
new renaissance of Disney films right now, and I think it is Tangled. I really do. I can't disagree with that, and you know, but just knowing how good Bolt was. <laughs> mm. See, I need to see Bolt. Oh, it's so good. Have you not seen Bolt ever? I have not, and I need to. I mean, it's by the same director, Byron Bolt, Howard. Bolt's good. It's yeah. so good. Bolt makes me cry. So does Tangled. Put it on my list. It's so good. Bolt. Yeah. You Listed. Need, you need to put on the list. And, and Richard will like that one, too. Oh, good. It's a superhero dog movie. Come on. <gasps> How yeah. did I miss that? Yeah. So, um, favorite songs out of this this uh, this movie, guys? Ugh, all of At them. At last I see the light. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the big single. And we yes. talked about, you know, winning Grammys and that sort of thing. I do love When Will My Life Begin. I mm-hmm. really do. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun to sing. And when you've got a bunch of little girls who are are there at a party and you play that song and you make them all sweep the floors or brush their hair or uh, paint and they do all the little movements, it's so adorable. It's let's play, let's play a little bit of it here. Okay. And sweep to the floors all clean Polish and wax, do laundry and mop and shine up Sweep again and by then it's like 7.15 And so I read a book or maybe two or three I'll add a few new paintings to my gallery I'll play guitar and that and cooking basically Just wonder why So, this song, you know, guys, growing up as a preacher's kid in a very conservative household, listened to a lot of Christian music back in the day, and this song starts out like a Christian song from the 90s. Which one? <laughs> uh, anything by Jars of Clay or Third Day. Yes, I it mean, does. I mean, that it is really... true. <laughs> Nice. But uh, but I do dig it, and it's a it's so upbeat and it's so fun, and I love her playing the guitar. The moment where she just strums the air guitar, it's good. I stuff. love the part yeah. when she's like, and then I read the books again. <laughs> she's like, I know. <laughs> it's only seven fifteen. She's a busy and, girl, and you only have the same books that you read every day. <laughs> like that stinks. Have her mom bring you a book, a new one. Well, what's funny yeah. is, what what's funny is, is like they do the whole montage of her cleaning and she's like, and then it's 7.15. And it's mm-hmm. like, it, it it that's a joke that goes against every montage in the world because usually when you're seeing a montage, hours or days or even months <laughs> are supposed to have passed. And here yeah. it's like 15 minutes. It's a tiny, it's a tiny <laughs> little house, guys. Tiny little house. And I brush and brush and brush and brush my brush hair. Brush my hair. Yay. It's gotta take forever. <laughs> I mean, tangles. Can you imagine? Ugh. Yet it's never tangled in the film. I don't know I how know, she does ever. it. Like, how is that possible? It's because it's magic hair. It's true. Yes. It is okay, magic well, hair. I'm we'll telling have you. We'll do I See the Light last. So let's do, um, let's do Mother Knows Best. Oh, the villain I song. I don't love that song, but... Well, people love their villain songs. That's just not one of the best ones. Look at you, as fragile as a flower. 
still a little sapling just to sprout. You know why we stay up in this tower? I know, but... That's right, to keep you safe and sound, yeah. Guess I always knew this day was coming. Knew that soon you'd want to leave the nest. Soon, but not yet. But shh, trust me, pet. Mother knows best. Mother knows best. Listen to your mother. It's a scary world out there. Mother knows best. One way or another, something will go wrong, I swear. Ruffians, thugs, poison ivy, quicksand, cannibals and snakes, the plague. No, yes, but... also large bugs, men with pointy teeth. And stop no more, you'll just upset me. Mother's right here. Mother will... Men with pointy teeth. Wait, 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 you gotta let it go until she tells her that she's chubby. Drama, stay with mama, mama. From your mumsy on your own, you won't survive. Sloppy, underdressed, immature, clumsy, please. They'll eat you up alive. Gullible, naive, positively grubby, ditzy, and a bit, well, vague. Plus, I believe, getting kind of chubby. I'm just saying, cause I love you, my Well, I mean, how nice. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about, I mean, Mother Gothel is one of the worst villains because she doesn't seem like a villain. You know, she puts on that gauze that she's the mom. She's so nice, and yet she's so manipulative. Yeah, I think that's one of the things about her is that she's super manipulative, which makes her just terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it's like, ah, you kidnapped. She kidnapped her. Mm-hmm. Well, now I can't wait to watch the movie again with what you said, which is whenever she expresses love to Rapunzel, she's always to her hair. So mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Mother Gothel, Gothel is gross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, and she's using the child for crying out loud, um, mm-hmm. you know, to maintain her youthfulness. And uh, she's just so uh, so manipulative. Like when she pulls she pulls Rapunzel away from like the camp and she's like, oh, well, he's using you. He's just going to leave you, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's that's like, why. But that's birthed out of her own fears and her own mm-hmm. like, you know, and that's the other thing they do with this with this movie. I mean, like she is an evil person, but she you get a backstory on her and, and to why she you know, she she's that supervillain that had the bad day and chose to take it the wrong way. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, we, we hear this playing uh, in our intro. Um, the old... Yes. The healing incantation. Flower, gleam, and glow. Let your power shine. Make the clock reverse. Bring back what once was mine Heal what has been hurt Change the fate's design Save what has been lost Bring back what once was mine What once was mine 
Oh. Hmm. Have you ever tried to sing that? No, oh, it's Tell hard. It, it's hard. It's a very <clears throat> hard song. I will. I will mm-hmm. try on our next episode. <laughs> it sounds so simple, but it's it's very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and what's really, it, it is uh, the end when when Eugene is down, oh, and God. and she's trying to cry and sing it all frantically, but her hair is chopped. Oh, such a great moment! It's a great moment. Mm-hmm. I love that he chops her hair off. By the way, yeah, he's like, no, I will not allow you to be used anymore. Hmm. Mm. Um, what else we got for music wise before we get to I've, I've got a dream. I've got a dream. Yeah. I'm malicious, mean and scary. My snicker curdle dairy. And violence wise, my hands are not the cleanest. But despite my evil look and my temper and my heart. I've always yearned to be a concertinist. Can't you see me on the stage performing Mozart? Tickling the ivories till they gleam. Yes, I'd rather be called deadly, but my killer show too deadly. Thank you, cause way down deep inside I've got a dream. He's got a dream, he's got a dream. See, I ain't as cruel and vicious as I seem. Though I do like breaking you can kill me with the dreamers Like everybody else I've got a dream <laughs> Although I do like breaking themers uh, You can count me with the dreamers <laughs> Oh, what a fun song I mean, this is almost the uh, No One Spits less Like Gaston song of this movie Oh yeah, well it is in a tavern Yeah. yeah Have yeah. you guys played Okay, there's, there's like a game That came out like 2011, 2012. I played it on the Wii, uh, but but it's a Rapunzel. It's like a tangled game. It's for little kids, but of course I picked it up. And you like go around the kingdom of Corona and out in the woods and stuff. And you have to like you befriend the pub thugs and you help them. Like you help the one guy get a dairy. You help the other guy get a cupcake shop. You help another guy be a concert pianist like it's it's really cute oh wow like a little (laughs) like a little rpg yeah well it's uh yeah i guess i mean you are rapunzel Mm -hmm. uh i i'm I'm not a big gamer so i don't know game terms i know role-playing game game, yeah it's like an rpg yeah but it's made i mean it's like super easy because it's made for like Mm five-year-olds but i had fun with it nice (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. It was cute. Um, All right, let's do it. This is the let's this is it. the Grammy winner, guys. Woohoo! All those days watching from the windows. All those years outside.
Oh. <laughs> oh, man. I know. I need to hear Flynn's part. I have something for you, too. I should have given it to you before, but I was just scared. And the thing is, I'm not scared anymore. You know what I mean? I'm starting to. All those days chasing down a daydream. All those years living in a blur. All that time never truly seeing things the way they were. Now she's here shining in the starlight. Now she's here, suddenly I know If she's here, it's crystal clear I'm where I'm meant to go last I see the Sarah, if you haven't found it, if you haven't figured out, Teresa's the boss on this podcast, so when she says, I want to hear <laughs> Flynn's part, or Finn's part, we have to, we have to do it. That's I'm not crying okay. right now. So, <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> have you guys seen this in 3D? No. No, I never have. Oh, it's like it's it's better. With all like, the light, you talk, you, I, the lantern scene you're talking really about. I can't really watch 3D because of my eyes and my vision. It. Ah. So. I can, but okay. I just prefer to have my contacts in, and I'm usually wearing glasses because I'm out of contacts right now. And so, <laughs> uh, to put the glasses over the glasses is always kind of a a pain but yeah but i can imagine this scene with the lanterns and everything is Mm -hmm. just fascinating it's amazing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it it's uh it just yeah it surrounds you it binds you it binds the galaxy together oh wow she's bringing she's bringing (laughs) the force into this mess (laughs) yeah my mom and it's funny my mom sent me a text message when it was playing she's like don't cry and i'm like i'm too late (laughs) yeah exactly yeah there's those moments when I cry when she gets out of the tower for this first time and she's finishing her song and the camera zooms around her as she's going out in the woods and uh, that part. And then I cry with the lantern scene. And then, of course, when when Flynn, you know, selflessly cuts off her hair. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh. it's uh, mm-hmm. some good stuff, some good stuff. Yes. Well, uh, I look I, I all around. I'm glad to be in this era now of Disney movies, Teresa. Um, mm-hmm. as, as we are, I, I don't think there's a dud in the bunch as we move forward. Um, and, uh, and, and, and Sarah, we thank you for joining us on this episode. Any, th- any final oh. thoughts about, uh, Tangled and, and your love for it, for it? <laughs> well, I think I've managed to say it all. I mean, I can't get enough of dressing like Rapunzel. I've done it for several run Disney races at the D23 expos and all kinds of things. And, uh, it's super fun. I love, I love Rapunzel and I want to thank you two for allowing me to come on and sharing that love. Uh, I, I just, uh, I'd have been so sad if you had someone else on. So thank you <laughs> for letting me come on. Well, tell people about where else they can find you. And, and like you mentioned the article that you wrote and everything. And, uh, of, sure. course, of course there's skywalking. Tell us all about it. All right. Well, Richard, my husband, and I do podcast Skywalking Through Neverland, which is a Star Wars and Disney podcast. And we 
love it. And you can find it at skywalkingthroughneverland.com. And episode 159 is dedicated to Tangled Before Ever After, the series. And we play the Q&A we had with the producers and the director. And it's super fun. And we we all also have a discussion on it, of course, as well. And we will be discussing the series, too, which comes out tomorrow. So I'm excited about that. And if you're heading to Star Wars Celebration, we have some awesome episodes, uh, survival guide episodes getting you ready for Star Wars Celebration. So check out Skywalking Through Neverland. Fantastic. Teresa, any final thoughts about this, the old Tangled? Uh, you always ask me these. I'm never prepared for them. I don't Great. Know why. Well, can you tell people how to get in touch with us then? <laughs> I like Tangled. It's awesome. Uh... Yes, so you can find us in between shows. You can send us an email that we'll read on the show called, and, um, called yeah, you, I don't know what I'm saying, you know. Edit. Uh, <laughs> email us at vaulttalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Disney Vault Talk. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Disney Vault Talk. I am at Ice Cold Penguin. Steve is at Steve Gloss. And Sarah is at Jedi Tink. Skywalking Through Neverland is at Skywalking Pod. And follow the Goliverse and all of our network of shows at Goliverse. Don't forget about Woo-hoo. don't forget about the Goliverse Facebook group that you can easily get to and join by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. That's geekoutonline.com slash group. If you want to support the shows, we invite you to use the Amazon links and the Think Geek links and the Entertainment Earth links and the Fandango links that you'll find at geekoutpodcast.com and geekoutonline.com. And we appreciate your support of the Goliverse through those ways. Once again, we thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us and hope to have you back again at some point. I'm sure you will be. And, uh, Zootopia. 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 <laughs> Tell Rich. Oh, and coming up next. Yeah, what is what, what is next, Teresa? Frozen. Frozen. Ooh. So get ready for that. Probably going to be a lot of singing. Probably. <laughs> All right. Well, that does wrap it up for us. For Sarah, for Teresa, uh, and well, I'm sorry, but I got to do it right, don't I? For Sarah and everyone else, I'm Steve. And I'm Teresa. May all your days be magical. And may all your wishes come true. We'll see you next time on Disney Vault Talk. Best day ever! She's a